that's last year's headliner at Shake the Lake, Collective Soul. And I talked to my buddy Neil Donnelly. I can tell you to get ready to rock the shores of Wascana on uh, Shake the Lake weekend, which is set. It is now going to be August 30th and 31st. Tickets are not yet on sale. They have not yet announced the entertainment. But very soon. They just got the dates out now. So you can uh, mark your summer calendar. Uh, August 30th and 31st, Shake the Lake will be back along the banks of Wascana Lake in front of the Conexus Art Center, which is always a great weekend. So almost celebrating the end of summer there, August 30th and 31st. Uh, today, yeah, still school. And yes, the wind chill right now is minus 38. Therefore, the school buses are running. They don't run if it's minus 45. So. School bus is going. That's good. Makes it a lot easier. Dressing up in layers, though, as the wind chill factor is going to be pretty brisk uh, with that extreme cold warning in effect, at least for today. I wanted to give a shout out to Regina Pat's Tanner Howe, who I have met several times. The kid is just so nice. Just a good kid. And a good hockey player. He's headed back for the second time to the CHL Top Prospects game. And uh, that's next Wednesday in Moncton. Hundreds of NHL scouts always attend that. And you can catch it on TSN. Meanwhile, the Regina Pats host Lethbridge tomorrow night. I think it's cool. Saturday, it's against Medicine Hat. That's the night they're going to be wearing their SpongeBob SquarePants jerseys again. And uh, last I looked, they what they do is after the game, of course, you might wind up with that jersey. Even the socks, I think, this year they're throwing in too. Uh, it's for... Uh, kids hospital and the, the Jersey, I think Tanner is wearing. Yeah, here it is. 450 bucks. One of the highest bids on Tanner house Jersey. So that's on Saturday night. So double header coming up at home in the brand center for the Bruchetta Pats. Uh, later this morning, mayor Sandra masters will be my guest in studio just before the eight o'clock news. Of course, the real district, speaking of the brand center, let Tim Reed go as CEO and, uh, You know, he had a contract. How much were they on the hook for when they uh, said goodbye to him? I'll uh, I'll ask the mayor that. And hold your horses. It seems like Jason Kelsey hasn't made a decision yet on his retirement. The Philadelphia Eagles Center used his podcast, New Heights, the one that he does with his brother Travis, to say this. After the loss to the Bucs the other night, his coach said later in the dressing room, you go ahead, the room is yours, and address the rest of the team. A lot of people thought, okay, well, he retired. You know, Nick kind of gave me an opportunity to talk. I didn't announce what I was doing on purpose, despite, I guess, what's been leaked to the media. I just don't think you're in a position after a game like that to really make that decision. I just don't. There's too much emotion in the moment to really fully grasp that decision. I'm not trying to be dramatic and continue to draw this thing out. I'm really not. It's just something that I think, uh, you know, when it's time to officially announce you know, what's happening in the future. It'll be done in a, in, in a way that's, you know, definitive and pays respect to a lot of people and uh, individuals that have meant a lot to me and has led to the career I've had. Jason Kelsey from the Philadelphia Eagles. The center said that kind of sucks that everyone is posting he's retired, even though he hasn't publicly announced it. And this is really cool too. Jason Kelsey, he stopped by his favorite McDonald's that he, uh, before he goes to play or practice, he, he kind of has his routine where he stops at his neighborhood McDonald's. And yesterday, he stops there to pick up his morning breakfast. 
and he drops off an autographed jersey to his favorite employee who always serves him in the drive-thru. Imagine being Jason Kelsey's favorite McDonald's employee. Like, how do you even begin to make people believe you on that one? <laughs> but what a what a great, great guy. That's pretty cool. And finally, before I break here, this is some pretty brilliant marketing I just have to share with you. Your, your partner just might start to wonder why you work out four hours a day and come home drunk if you live in the, OK, uh, the UK. The owner's at this bar in the UK. It's called the Molster's Arms just changed its name to help people keep their New Year's resolutions to work out more. They renamed the bar The Gym. So now you can tell your friends and family, yeah, I've gone to the gym every day this week. Well, I think two of the biggest Green Day fans in our building here at Rolco is Jamie Nye and Kevin Martell. And Kevin, now that you're joining me, I've got to play you this. Imagine being in a New York subway yesterday when suddenly the doors open and Green Day rips in along with Jimmy Fallon and performs. Covering Kiss. And then, of course, American Idiot. American Idiot. Now, this is all from a lot of people's cell phones. Yeah. And they've done this before. Yeah, they they haven't aired this on uh, Jimmy Fallon yet. Yeah, they'll they'll dress up. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Fallon, of course, had some long beard and well, like, they were, a wig they came and everything like that. Looking like Bad Company, and they perform "Feel Like Making Love." Yeah. And Jimmy's on tambourine, and then they just rip off the mustaches <laughs> and the and everyone is just shocked. Because these people came through the door as it opened for the subway. And Get a free concert. Just set up a mini drum set and everything. It's very cool uh, when you see the video on that one here, too. Uh, they got a new album coming out. I bet you knew that tomorrow. Save, save yourself. I'm ready. I'm <laughs> locked and loaded, baby. <laughs> I figured you and Jamie and I both, I'm sure. Well, here we go again. Another extreme cold warning. However... Not lasting as long? No, this afternoon it should be lifted. I, I'll tell you what, when I saw it first come down yesterday, I thought, what? Is this a mistake? Is it just carryover? Has it not updated? And no, I went to Environment Canada, and yeah, there it was again. And I was like, well, why was it lifted? Just a brief little reprieve, and then uh, and then we're back to it. Yeah. But yeah, again, this one will be short. Yeah. And it- then over the weekend, Greg, it looks like it'll warm up a little bit. Not like super warm, but minus 10 for high. And I mentioned earlier how El Nino is back in place starting, uh, well, this weekend as it starts to recover in those minus 10s and 11s. And next week, minus three for daytime high. Yeah. It's there. Possibly some more snow. It looks like some snow will fall kind of towards the Why end of the weekend. Why do you got to be such a Debbie Downer all the time? <laughs> I just told you it's going to be minus three. You want If to you t- like snow, then... <laughs> well, we need I'm snow, and many do like snow, but <laughs> I'm focusing on getting this over this hump of a cold snap here. Okay, what else do we have going on here? That, that uh, Luigi's Restaurant yeah. explosion. Uh, I feel so bad. Family-run, owned, and operated business. Uh, bad luck, I guess, huh? Yeah. yeah, Luigi's had first said that this was caused by a gas leak, uh, that fire and then the explosion. And so, fire department now confirms that was indeed the cause. But when you find out what happened, investigators, they say that a steel pipe, it fell from a part of the roof, then hit a part of the natural gas distribution system. That caused the leak, and then it was something in the mechanical room uh, that ignited the explosion. I mean, when you think about the luck there, yeah, not great luck. No, 
No, that that is really sad. And uh, boy, there's a lot of work to be done if they're ever going to recover. And they haven't necessarily said whether or not what their next move is. We haven't heard anything from Luigi since that, yeah. Okay. Uh, Also in the headlines here, there is a lot of conversation about yet another teacher strike or something. Something, yeah. yeah. They're they're calling it job sanctions, and we know it'll come on Monday. We should get more information because they have to provide 48 hours notice. So by Saturday morning, we should have a better idea if it will be another one-day strike like we saw on Tuesday or if it'll be something else, maybe extracurriculars. Yeah. Those questions we don't have answers to at this point. That news started coming out about, I don't know, I'm going to guess somewhere about 9, 30, 10 yesterday. And I had some Matt yeah. from the Teachers Federation on just after the 8 o'clock news. And I said, okay, uh, tell me, what's the, have you picked up the phone since the one-day strike? And she said the line was always open. And, uh, you know, they talked behind the scenes, but clearly... Uh, they didn't want to talk anymore because it was pretty quick after I spoke to her on the air that they turned around and said, okay, we're taking action again. Yeah, the STF says the big issue for them remains class, size, complexity, composition, uh, not as much. We haven't really heard about you know, wages, that kind of a thing. But Education Minister Jeremy Cockrell, he was out on social media with a new video. And in that uh, tweet, I was going to call it X, yeah. um, he says... While the STF says it's not about money, they continue to demand a 23.5% increase, his words. Yeah. So well, however, teachers uh, just went yeah, all over that. I was on social media, and a lot of them outright calling it a lie. They say their ask is 2% plus cost of living each year for four years. So uh, there were a lot of angry teachers in regards to that tweet as yeah. well, too. So, oh, man, I think a lot of parents, though, are... Uh, are on the side of the teachers. It's just the the feeling I get a lot of conversations I'm having, and uh, I certainly hope that, uh, you know, as a parent too, I, I'm inconvenienced like everyone else, but at the same time, uh, let's get them together. Well, let's, and, and, and let's will, get this done. will this mean sanctions every week now? If we, if we've, you know, this week we had it, next week we're going to have it. How often are these sanctions going to come? All right, Kevin Martell with more. Coming up at the top of the hour, it's 6.57. I'm optimistic playing that one. Far from uh, the heat, uh, but the extreme cold morning is back. And uh, it is going to be a little shorter than uh, the last one we experienced last week. And I mentioned this yesterday, and I mentioned it again this morning, that uh, a lot of the forecasters are sharing now uh, proof as they look at the imagery off their radar screens and El Nino off the Pacific, warming the Pacific, which influenced our weather greatly in November, December, that El Nino is back in play as early as this weekend. That's where you're seeing temperatures moderate towards that minus 11-ish mark. And next week, minus 3 is popping up for a daytime high. So, uh, big break coming our way. But you know, inevitably, there will be another cold snap. We're not done winter yet. So no matter what I say about bragging that it's going to warm up, I'm sure we'll get nailed again. But look what it did, this last cold snap. How many batteries were just not operating? Furnaces conked out. Tow truck operators going nuts. CAA saying they've had over 4,000 calls since the cold snap last weekend. In fact, my daughter's still looking for a tow for her truck. Couldn't even get anyone to answer at CAA yesterday. 
Today, I thought we'd check in with Aero Plummet and Heating. Curtis Beingester, my guest again. How busy were you, buddy, during the cold snap? Oh, yeah, we were pretty steady, you betcha. Uh, the weekend was a real gong show. What were the major problems people seem to be calling you for? Well, mostly no heat. Uh, we had some, some broken pipes, nothing too serious, but mainly no heat stuff. Now that you've gotten through that, how can we correct that from happening in our households? Well, I guess the biggest thing is that, like I said, you know, I I beat this to death every time we talk, is that uh, we need to service these furnaces. And I mean, it's not always going to be the solution to not having any issues, but it's definitely going to be a step forward into finding out if there's a problem going on. Service means... With some electronics in a furnace now, you need a professional coming in, though, don't you? Yeah, I mean, we would send somebody in to, to go right through the furnace, right? So check your motors and your sensors, uh, pressure switches, venting. Make sure your venting is clear. That's uh, especially when it gets cold like this. The venting frosts up so easy, and if we get a little bit of snow mixed in with it, it causes havoc. 80, 90% of the time, we can stop it before it happens, right? Curtis, you're talking about uh, direct vent furnaces. Uh, we're talking about those white pipes on the side of the home where those icicles form. It's important to knock those off gently without breaking the pipe because why? They, they do block off after a while. So, for instance, uh, the, uh, in a two-pipe situation, one is an intake, one is an exhaust. On the intake side of things, which is most likely going to shut your furnace down, it will suck snow and hoarfrost into that pipe and eventually choke it off so it can't breathe. On the other side, exhaust side, you know what happens is you will, if it's not graded properly, you will get a little bit of an icicle going to the outside. That's condensation flowing to the out. And sometimes it'll build up to the bottom of that pipe. Very seldom it'll actually close that pipe off. It can cause some havoc. So it's, it's a good thing just to kick it over or whatever. Curtis Beingastner from Aero Plumbing and Heating. Let's talk about pipes bursting. That's not something that you can control, or is it? Uh Yes and no. Um, uh, it just depends. Like sometimes we get, you know, piping that runs close to the foundation or into a void between the floor and the top of the foundation. In a lot of cases, it's it's well insulated in there, but in some cases it's not. And then, you know, if you get a northwest wind or you're facing northwest, that wind will find its way through that exterior of your home and then eventually ice those pipes up in that cavity, right? So, and then the other side of the coin is, of course, you know, if you lose heat, you're going to get frozen pipes in your house within 24 hours. How long was it taking you to get to service calls? Tow truck operators were not even giving times anymore. They were so busy. They just said, we'll put you on the list. Were you to that point? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. We had uh, one guy going here pretty well. Full blast. He did 35 calls on the weekend. Yeah, it was pretty steady. And have you caught up? Uh, we're starting to catch up now. Uh, we still have some no heats coming in, though, so hopefully we can start <laughs> putting some installs in now. Curtis Beingestner from Aero Plumbing and Heating, and uh, I know we mention it every time, too. Furnace filter, uh, that's a biggie. Oh, absolutely. Make sure that furnace filter is clean, and it's just going to save you a world of hurt down, down the road. This is weird. I'm going to add this because I have uh, one of my oldest daughters back at home mm-hmm. for a short time, and she brought oh. with her a cat. I had no idea that cat hair floating about would add to my air filter. I faithfully change every couple of months or less, depending on the need, but I couldn't believe the amount of cat hair going through the air, too. Oh, for sure. We always, you know, with two people in the house and no pets and no kids, you could probably get away with up to three months on a filter, but once you start adding kids and pets to the equation, I would probably bet you're going to be changing that filter once a month for sure. Yeah, I learned that. 
quickly, yeah, for yeah, sure. For sure. Hey, what about the old school furnace system that goes straight up the stack, up top of the roof? Anything you uh, do differently there? Unfortunately, some of those those stacks do get quite a bit of ice on them. But, you know, I've never actually seen one close because you always have a constant flow of warm air going through it. The biggest thing is we don't want to go up on the roof this time of the year. So there's not a lot you can do with that one. It is what it is, I guess. We've never actually had one close to cause any issues. Well, I appreciate the update. I'm glad you're catching up. It is starting to turn around for us here. This weekend looks promising. However, uh, inevitably, I'm sure we're going to be clobbered again. So it's nice to be prepared for the next time. Thanks for the uh, tips. Not a problem, Greg. Have a good day. You got to know when the whole Never count your money When you're sitting at the table There'll be time enough for counting All right, Evan Bray is here, host of the Evan Bray Show at 8.30, and uh, I must ask you if you've ever been double-dog dared. We've been talking about, you know, as kids, those fences look so inviting on a cold morning (laughs) with the the frost on there and the snow. Have you ever stuck your tongue and got it stuck on? uh, Yeah, you know, I was was listening to you talk about this this morning, and it brought back a vivid memory of of me getting my tongue and lips stuck on the zipper of my snowsuit. Oh, were you one of those kids that sucked on the zipper? (laughs) Well, I don't know. I was, (laughs) I remember I was young, and it was one of those snowsuits, remember the one-piece snowsuit zipped from your ankle up to your chin, basically? (laughs) So I zipped it up, I stuck. I don't know what I was doing. Had the zipper in my mouth. Yeah. It froze. I'm freaking out. My mom's like, let's get warm water. Tom just rips her <laughs> off. <laughs> there was no warm water involved. I think we've all been there as boys, particularly. Uh, you know, you're right. I forgot about the old zipper. I, I did it with my uh, U-lock uh, on a bike. And uh, Why are it, you licking U-locks? Well, well, because I used to skate down the alley. Uh, to the Rosemont Rink. We lived a block and a half away, but my dad gave me a heck oh, one yeah. day. You would not you have can't. liked that. So then I thought, oh, I'm going to ride my bike, Dad. <laughs> so you get home from school immediately, you throw the skates over your shoulder, you ride your bike down the alley that was fairly clear of snow, and then to go to lock it up, and I had this U-lock that had a little keyhole. And uh, But, you know, sometimes you had to blow hot air in it so that it would work. <laughs> and uh, there's spittle. I was out of breath riding my bike, and my lips got caught on the U-lock. And then I go in the shack, yeah, I'm old, wood-burning stove, and I'm putting my face over the wood-burning stove. (laughs) Thank goodness no other kids were there. I would have been humiliated. But, uh, yeah, unbeknownst to me, I get home, and my mom says, what happened to your parka? Well, yeah, I didn't look down. My parka was leaning against the wood stove, melted the zipper. And then I could never get my new parka undone, right? Well, it could I be worse. You could have had a metal zipper like I did, Greg. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, it's some of the crazy things we do as kids. It's uh. just un- unbelievable. Okay, so um, coming up on your show, you have the premiere on today. That's what, right. What are you going to uh, Well, we're talking teachers predominantly. I, I There's a list of things we could talk about, but I think teachers probably the most pressing right now. Um, and, you know, I'm really curious to see how he feels his role is in trying to help bring resolution to this. I realize he doesn't sit at the bargaining table, but I feel like as leader of the province, there is a role that he can play in this. And and I'm curious to know how much politics is coming into this too. Like I maybe that's the understatement of the day, but <laughs> teachers of you know, there's politics. But, you know, <laughs> teachers traditionally seem to be associated with the left, NDP. NDP, of course, are supporting them. 
Uh, so, you know, is this something that's affecting this? Okay. Premier Scott Moe, is he right out of the gate at 830? Uh, 9 o'clock. We've 9 got, o'clock, yeah, okay. The Premier. Hey, really quick, I know you have Lisa Schick coming on. She's in our senior reporter at Melford, of course, the inquest into the mass casualties at uh, James Smith Cree Nation. Yesterday, officers revealing how they had to make quick, in-the-moment decisions, right? Stop and provide medical attention to those uh, that they came across or go after the bad guy. Yeah. That's it's pretty big decision. Well, you know, any of the training that we do, like I think about rapid deployment training. So if we're training for a school shooting, for example, the the theory is you get in that school and you basically don't stop until you've stopped the threat. Yeah. And so that can be a tough thing. And they actually talk about that in the training because you're going by classrooms. You could be seeing casualties, victims and those types of things. And yet if the the person that's causing the terror hasn't been stopped, that has to be your priority. But boy, I'll tell you. One thing to talk about it in training. Another thing for these young officers to actually go yeah. through it. Yeah, for sure. All right, more on that inquest coming up with Lisa in your show too. And uh, I am not making light of anything in regards to what we just spoke of, but I do want to point out you did it again. You said we. You are no longer a police officer. <laughs> I, I well, always I my heart will place. be there, Greg. My <laughs> yeah, heart will we, be there. We we we. No, you're Evan Bray now. You're just plain old Evan no Bray. No longer a cop, Evan. <laughs> Seven twenty eight.